Hello, uh, here we are at the beginning of a new year and uh, a new term. Um, I'm Emma and we're going to be talking about uh, how governing boards um, might want to be reacting uh, to what we're facing in January 2022. Hi everyone, I am the other Emma at NGA joining the podcast today. Hi, I'm Steve. Happy New Year everyone. And hi everyone, I'm Sam. Really, really good to be here with you to start the new year off together. So we really understand, don't we, that um, out there there are uh, governors and trustees coming back to their voluntary roles, um, not sure what it is that their schools and trusts are, are going to be, be facing. And I think we it's almost as though each term over the last sort of four terms, we've had a similar scenario. Before we broke up for holidays, we might have expected... A and B, and then we come back from the holidays and here we are in a situation that lo looks much more like Y and Z. And every time almost we've hoped, haven't we, that we might be getting on to the point where we can sort of begin concentrating on the medium term, on the long term, thinking uh, much more in terms of, of uh, what's coming up um, uh, at us. Uh, rather than what we're absolutely having to deal with here in the here and now, and particularly what school staff and school leaders are absolutely having to to deal with. So, let's um, uh, let's start our conversation by by looking at that at that tension. How do each of you in your your governing um, roles sort of manage that urgency um, that uh, it seems a bit of a shame at the beginning of term to actually talk about um, people being uh, exhausted. And I hope some people have had a really good break. But but certainly we've been at this now, haven't we, for not far off two years of dealing with whatever the pandemic has has thrown um, at, at schools. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right, Emma. Um, it is what they call uh, the new normal. And I think we're, we're long past a, a point where um, we, we see, a, you know, a full stop, uh, you know, a, a COVID, the end. It, it's going to be with us in some form for some, for some time to come. And I, I don't know who said this, somebody wise or wiser than me, that, that leadership's about controlling events. And I think that's right. My, that certainly the experience that I've had as a governor and as a trustee and, and with the, the boards that I've been working with is that although they're, you know, absolutely um, committed to supporting their their schools during this period of disruption, they, they don't want the life of their school to be defined by, by COVID either. Um, so it, it, it's about maintaining that that, that course that, that we set for our for our pupils but at the same time as as, as putting people first so I guess um, 
and, and again, I think I'm quoting someone else here. I forgot who it was. That that during this period, we we we've seen what's most valuable uh, when we feel vulnerable. So we've we're, we're doing the same things, I think, in the same way, uh, but we're putting people first because COVID has has, has shown and, and 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 demonstrated that that you know just why that's so important. It is really important, isn't it, Stephen, to try to keep everybody's morale up when, as you said, Emma, people are feeling perhaps still exhausted despite the break. Um, I think that's really important. And we, we've talked before, haven't we, about that culture of kindness and that one of the key roles of the governing board at this time is while staying strategic um, to do some of that support of our leaders in schools um, and to make sure actually that, that that support is also available from leadership right through their staff as well. Yeah, absolutely, Emma. And I think it's a really good time to for us to remind ourselves that governing is is not a, not something you do by yourself. You're part of a team. Uh, and I think there's some there's some warmth and, and encouragement to be found in in in, in reminding yourselves uh, that, that as a team um, you're there to work together you're there to su- support your leaders together I mean I, I think that's something I've really valued over over the last few weeks is those um, kind of email exchanges between me and my fellow trustees you know and I, I think um, just that reminder that we're in this together we're 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 looking to achieve something together um and you know it doesn't mean we always agree on the the same things um but that's that's part of the strength of 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 governance isn't it i think that's 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 why it's so important if if we were all, always agreeing on everything then then that would be that would be problematic um but i i i think that um you know even though we're starting off the the new year in some some really difficult circumstances um it's 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 another opportunity um to to show why governance is really so important um for the school or the trust community uh, and and to really um uh, work together as that collective unit um, for for the best interests of, of the of the pupils in our organisations, absolutely, and and actually then working in, with with school leaders as the sort of broader um, uh, leadership team. Because I think that point that you've just made about supporting each other works at sort of absolutely every level, doesn't it, of the trust or um, or, or school sort of and setting that sort of culture and ethos right from the top of um we're all in this we're all in this together but that we're looking out for for each other um because certainly we do have some of our members who quite rightly are saying to us you know you're talking a lot about well-being well-being of staff well-being of leaders well-being of pupils but you haven't spoken so much about well-being of of our governance volunteers and i think we're we are sort of cognizant of um, of that, we'll be thinking more about that. So, you know, any thoughts that listeners have have got about how you know NGA can can help? Um, but that that point about peer support that Sam you made is 
is so important because we know that happens, don't we, between people in boards, but then also um, between boards. And there are lots of different networks, particularly probably for chairs more than others, but also at local level with local associations with people you know, comparing um, experience and just letting each other know that they're not the only ones that are that are dealing with a particular challenge. Yeah, I think what's interesting about that is, and I'd be really uh, for those you know those of us uh, who govern, you know, Sam and 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 Emma, I wonder you know what what, what your experience has been. Um, how your schools, the schools you, you work with, have been with with you as a, as a governor or a trustee during this time? My experience has been very positive. I found that um, the school leadership teams where I serve have been very uh, empathetic, uh, you know, patched in, tuned in, if you like, to the circumstances of, of board members. They're interested in what's going on in our lives, professional and personal, and how they how they can work constructively with us and, and you know and, and, and demonstrate empathy towards our circumstances. So I, I you know again I, I think that's again something that comes that, that, that that's come out of COVID, isn't it? You now this this whole um, importance of putting people first I don't know if you've had the same experience on on your boards with your leadership teams if they you know if they if they if it's connected them to you in a, in a different or better way I think if I go back to the start um, of the pandemic there are sort of varying degrees of IT literacy on all boards uh, and and you know in all walks of life and actually it was it, it was really kind of came to the fore, I suppose, at the very outset when um, it was down to the school leadership and the governance professionals to skill up and actually set up and enable us to all continue to govern really effectively, but remotely and actually new systems and processes and new ways of reporting put in place to enable that to carry on really effectively. And you're right, Steve, not just kind of thinking about skill sets and getting people up to speed to be able to do things in a different world, but actually being cognizant of people's personal situations and circumstances when, um, everybody's facing kind of difficulties of their own aren't they and everybody's been affected by the virus in different ways whether it's about um, people who are close to you or your own emotional health and well-being or your own family circumstances I think everybody has had one or two challenges um, to overcome which makes it even more difficult doesn't it to give that time that we all want to give to make sure that our schools are doing the best that they absolutely can for children and young people all the time um maybe even especially now if that's if that's fair to say mm. yeah i think i think that's a really good point and i, I think you touched on something there steve it, it reminds me of that the, one of the last times i went into um the, the the head office of, of the the trust that where I where I govern um, uh, a member of staff there who, who I hadn't actually met before um, uh, knew who I was obviously seen seen you know my, my picture on the, the trust website or, or, or something and and just took took some time to say thank you which was really really nice actually you know that I think you know having having members of staff of the organization thanking us for for giving up our time as volunteers um you know i think i think there is a lot of appreciation out there um and this really goes back to you know obviously nga we've been talking about making governance more visible and we, we've really wanted to do that among 
um, school staff, trust staff, um, and I, I think the the there's there's gradually a, a, a much better picture that's emerging out there uh, among uh, school staff and um, uh, staff who who are working for trust of what, what what governance is all about and and what we're actually giving up our time to do you know which which I think is really important because actually I, I think we have to be quite frank and and be honest that you know just just as we've heard quite a lot about um you know in in recent times with with life being as difficult as as it is and staff and and senior leaders contemplating their their role in in their organizations i i'm sure you know there are governors and trustees out there who equally you know at times have questioned whether they can keep going keep keep giving you know because it, it's it's a commitment isn't it a real commitment and i think just having that that appreciation is is so um, motivating and I think really, really encouraging. I personally found it really encouraging. And in fact, Sam, the annual survey that, uh, annual government survey that your team do um, uh, shows us, isn't it, that um, there are no more people thinking of resigning now than, than, than pre-pandemic? Because certainly I would have assumed that actually there would have been volunteers who just thought, do you know what? There's so much going on in my life that I simply don't have the time or the energy or the resilience to, to keep doing that. And I think it's a real sort of hats off to the community that that hasn't happened in the numbers we were thinking about and just or, or, or fearing. Um, and if we, if, if, if I think back to very early on in the pandemic, it feels now, the summer of 2020, we did a piece of research um, with Ofsted looking at how governance had adapted over that, that term. And as well as the things that Emma was talking about a moment ago about the um, doing the business of, of governance remotely, which by and large people um, managed really well. I was really impressed by the issues that, that that governors and trustees were picking up on. It really felt that they understood what was happening in their schools, their trusts, their communities. I mean, if you think one of our eight elements of effective governance is understanding what you govern. And they were coming up with the the issues that absolutely were and continue to be actually at the heart of things, particular worry about vulnerable children and the number of um, uh, children that hadn't been attending, even though at that point they were still being targeted to to attend. And we're still seeing, aren't we, another 18 months on, we've got um, some more absences than than perhaps we, we had before. And where have some young people disappeared to? That whole issue they were worried about about um, remote teaching and how we were going to continue to manage both remote teaching at the same time as 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 classroom um, uh, teaching. A whole issue about the sort of social, emotional, developmental effects of 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 not having been in in school, and then the the issue about how long recovery, as we're still, I think, sometimes talking about as is is going to is going to take um and you know at that point we thought we were almost out of the pandemic didn't we and and here we are with many of those issues still being very very live um you know how how can 
um, governing board supports um, uh, school leaders, supports school staff in making sure that they can prioritise the most important aspects um, of of recovery. Well, I just think we, we keep we keep doing what we we've always been striving to do, and that's provide that values driven leadership. And I think you know one of the things we 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 often sort of um, don't we don't we often confuse strong and robust governance, something we recognise is so important, with being uh, like it's different from being empathetic or compassionate. Uh, and actually, empathy and compassion—you can be strong and robust as, and and have empathy and, and and compassion. And I think I don't know what what the others others think, but from my perspective, um, what's important uh, to me as a governor and a trustee is what's always been important, and that's you know the well the welfare and and, and the opportunity of, of all our pupils, and then being the best that they they can be. And we'll strive, we'll, we'll strive to achieve that for them through through our strategy. But at the same time, I think our leaders and our, and our, our teachers and our staff need to know that you know we 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 absolutely understand that they are moving heaven and earth right now just to keep schools going. So you know if if they if they need to talk, work, seek our counsel on whatever it is, you know, air cleaning units, the issues with testing. Uh, you know, supply cover uh, and the challenges with that, um, or, or, or you know, the disruptions caused by multiple infections. Then, then you know, we've got their back over those things. We understand the context. We understand uh, un- understand the situation. So I think we, you know, we 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 govern with the with the empathy and the compassion that we've always you know uh, strived to to govern with. That's I don't think I can say any more than that, really. Mm, absolutely and that supporting of leadership absolutely um needs to continue we know don't we that some governing boards will start this term with the resignation of some of their leaders whether that be head teachers or or ceos and just before christmas we saw a whole number didn't we of of reports about uh, the, the stats showing how many um leaders were thinking of um, possibly retiring early or leaving leaving the profession. And although um, we do have these uh, stories every every so often, that's what one very well-placed commentator said, oh, you know, I've been around long enough to have seen these, we're about to have a crisis in recruitment stories. But I think because of that sort of extra um, tiredness, the, the having always to deal with all stakeholders that leaders have had, haven't they? They've, they've had to ensure their staff um, were as well as they could possibly be, keep the morale up of staff. They've had to deal with, with parents and, and not all parents are coming at this, these issues from the same point of view. And obviously with, with pupils, um, well-being it's it, the leaders you know they're in the schools day on day have had such a visible role in their communities and that that toll is going to tell um if it keeps you know on and and on by another term so although i don't want to be a prophet of doom and to say that you know we're about to have a 
a whole bunch of resignations that we haven't been before. It, it throws into such focus the importance of the governing boards and particularly, obviously, the chair's role in keeping in touch with the um, senior leader, ensuring that they have what they need, the support that they need. There's been a lot of groups, haven't there, growing up over the last couple of years to support head teachers, a lot of peer um, uh, support. And we've done some work with some of them, haven't we, such as um, uh, Heads Up. Uh, but, but that's going to be, I think, possibly even more of a focus, do you think, than, than in the past couple of years? It, it feels that way, doesn't it? And I think it's kind of absolutely, Emma, right to say that's why governing boards have got to try to prioritise support. Um, but also, I kind of think it's that be prepared motto as well. So actually, do think about succession planning, do think about having a plan B in place. Have you um, got a strategy to grow your own? Have you got a strategy to go out if you absolutely need to? There are really valuable resources to draw on because whilst we really want to keep our excellent leaders and, and CEOs in post, for some, it will be the right decision to support them to leave, won't it? Because that's absolutely what, what's the right thing to do when you can't kind of put your own needs above somebody else and the school's needs above somebody else's own personal health concerns, etc. So I, I guess that, you know, everybody should be prepared and at least have a succession plan, whether it's imminent and you're having to kind of put it into action immediately or actually whether you've got a couple of years um, to plan for that, you still need to make sure you've got those thoughts in your mind and, and that you're effectively thinking about um, where your leadership goes. You know, it's true of the board. It's absolutely true of the, the setting that you govern over as well, isn't it? Yeah, that's a that's a really good point. And I, I was engaged in I think it was a Twitter, uh, a Twitter discussion, not well, not one of the um, seminars I did before Christmas, but about that whole point of leadership, um, uh, self care, and, and, and when that came into to play, and there was and, and two of you have already mentioned it as well, the sort of um, leading with kindness, compassionate leadership. But when that actually applied to oneself and that that idea that we we've heard a lot of recently about oxygen masks and, you know, you have to make sure you have your own before you offer it um, to your to your child on on an aeroplane. And that I, I think those sort of issues are playing much larger in the lives of of leaders than perhaps they used to and therefore again need to be a more important conversation. Um, but but you're right, Emma, there will come a point, won't it, where actually the leader does need to, to to move on. They've given um what 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 they can do, and and we do both um with Learning Link that you that your team um uh, develops, but also in the guidance centre we do have um a lot about both succession planning, but particularly about about recruitment. So if you do find yourself unexpectedly in that in that position, please do um make use make use of our our resources. Sam, you were telling me earlier that um. Uh, you'd had a report a, a, about some of the issues that were pushing um, uh, leaders onwards, and one of them that uh, that had come up was was Ofsted. Yeah, absolutely, uh, and I think I mean, you know it won't come as a surprise to to many of you, um, but I think the the pressure that that some leaders have felt um, with everything that's been going on, and then the 
the the addition of of a lumen inspection i think has has been quite difficult um for lots of people i think there's been a lot of um commentary out there lots of um people um talking about you know when when it's actually right uh, for a school to go through that inspection process given the given the current context i mean obviously we're in a situation now uh, and you know we absolutely welcome the the fact that the ofsted um will will be is is encouraging education settings um that are significantly impacted by um by COVID, uh, absent absence of, of staff to ask for their inspection to be deferred, and I think you know that that's a positive thing, and and something that uh, I think will will be a help. Um, but that that deferral is only going to last um, uh, for so long. Um, I think um, you know some of these reports go very much to the heart of of what you and Emma were just talking about, really, in in terms of you know there were, there were some some people that had just been you know had already made that decision to go before the pandemic had had hit, and then had had delayed um, delayed that their their res- resignation, and I think um, you, you know there's only so long you can you can do that. Um, um but but clearly uh, you know that there's there'll be multiple reasons I, I i don't think ofsted's the only reason but ultimately is is de- is definitely something that is putting pressure on some leaders and and we need to think as governing boards i'm i was really taken um by what you said emma in your your annual address back in in november just reminding people that um, actually, it's governing boards that are the the the, the front line of the first line of it, of accountability, and and not Ofsted. And I think that's that's a really key message that we need to keep pushing it and getting that out there. That that attitude that we don't need to be afraid uh, of Ofsted. And I know it's very easy to say that um, when we're sat here recording a podcast and we're not, you, you know, we're not about to be inspected. Um, by Ofsted ourselves, um, but I think um, you know it's a message we need to keep keep pushing, and it's it's something that I think um, uh, if if you if you read the um, the January edition of, of Governing Matters, we've said a bit about it in there as well, because Ofsted have actually contributed uh, something for us on some of the myths um, around inspection, particularly around. Um, outstanding schools because obviously we're now going to have a wave of outstanding schools that are going to go for inspection so there's probably a whole bunch of leaders who who probably felt quite safe from from inspection for for a while and are now going to be facing more pressure knowing that that um, we're going to see more outstanding schools uh, inspected so i think there's there's lots of points around ofsted that will will factor into people's um thinking at the moment and you know for some people um that that uh unfortunately has, has been something that you know has, has proven a, a a really difficult um uh thing to to get their head around which you know we totally understand but i think that that point that you've been making emma around um the governing board's role in in addressing that fear of ofsted is something that that we we're really want to look at more this term and, and support governing boards in, isn't it? Fear is an interesting word to use because um, yeah, I think we, we, we all of us in the sector, we, we do really need to perhaps unpick and, and, and 
and keep picking at where, where the fear actually lies. Um, I'm not convinced that it, you know there is a fear of inspection, uh, I, I, you know, and laying your laying your school open, you know, the, the its strengths, its weaknesses, its areas of development, all the the the, the wonderful and and improving things about a school open, uh, you know, in a transparent way. I think it's the consequences. That, that are feared, not, not not the process. And sometimes we talk about Ofsted being feared, like like schools and, and boards fear the process. Actually, it's the consequences that are, of and the high stakes that are attached to the inspection system. I think that really um, has such an impact on on the school system, uh, and you know during these times in particular. Uh, that's a really nice sort of connection with 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 uh, the point that Sam was making about governing boards ought to be that first point of accountability because one of the things that gets thrown at me when I'm in these discussions with 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 school leaders and others is that actually it's governing boards that are upping the stakes so that when there's a poor inspection actually who are the people that take action um, in terms of the, the the head teacher, it will quite often be um, the governors, obviously in trusts, um, that may well work 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 differently. And it's an area, you know, we have so little evidence on. Um, and and so I, you know, I am uh, quite defensive and often in in response on behalf of governors and trustees and saying, look, those aren't the stories that 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 we that we get, that, that governing boards simply move in um, because of a single inspection result and and remove a, a head teacher. But it's an area where we really knew as a whole sector need need more data because often those discussions go into negotiations, employment negotiations have to be confidential. Um, there will, you know, often um, be uh, uh, agreements as part of those. So it's it's an area I think we could all as a sector really, really work on to basically lower the stakes, as as you were sort of inferring. But that language that we, we hear a lot about high stakes, we sort of need to to tease that out because it, it adds to the, the fear factor, doesn't it? Because people are are fearing the, the consequences. It might just be worth saying um, uh, that we are continuing, aren't we, Sam? You and I to have conversations with, with Ofsted and Nina Sharma and your team is is doing more, more work on the current um, inspections um, that are happening now as opposed to the ones that happened pre pre-COVID. So any listeners who have got experience of the system now, please do um, uh, get in touch. We'll make sure that link is really clear um, on, on this, this, this web page. So it's, it's, it's something that we're actively working on and, and thinking about to, to try and do exactly what, what Steve and Sam have just been, been talking um, about but that idea of of boards being that that accountability we've we've talked an awful lot rightly absolutely rightly i think about the support of that boards can provide um and not so much about the challenge so if we're then going to argue we are that accountable um uh, uh, body how i think it's a real real dilemma for all of us involved in governance at the moment how can we carry on with that challenge function while taking into account all those issues you've all been mentioning 
that leaders are currently up against in simply trying to keep schools open with teachers in classrooms and uh, uh, delivering high quality education um, to pupils. But, but wasn't it ever thus? I mean, COVID is, you know, COVID is unprecedented and the things we've been talking about are, you know, we, we, we've never experienced in, in our lifetime. And, and hopefully, you know, as you say, we can we can move on from it and, and look back in decades to come um, at how we did. But let's let's be honest with with ourselves, you know. This this system that we you know school system that we we operate in you know the high the, with the with the high stakes with the with the high level of you know centralisation and 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 control and the, and the jumble of school structures all those things um, it it's not like before COVID um, it was an easy business running or leading a school or you know it, so you know we. we Ever since um, you know we've had uh, local you know local management of schools and, and and this model of school governance and how it's evolved over the last few decades, there's been that perennial challenge of balancing challenge with, with with support. That's always been with us, and I think it goes back to those values that that we started our conversation with, and 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 about balancing you know the putting people first, about balancing doing it in a in a human empathetic and, and, and compassionate way. I mean, I can I can speak from, I'm sure, you know, you, you'll agree and speak from my sort of governing experience. Um, one thing that hasn't changed throughout this period is the sense of urgency and the ambition we have for all our pupils. Um, and we're not, we're not afraid as, as a governing board to have a, um, you know, let's call it a, a, a courageous conversation to use one of our, um, you know, elements of effective governance about, uh, you know about how things are progressing um but it's the way you do that so you know right now I, i'm i'm personally worried uh, uh, about this about the rhetoric uh, and this rush to fill gaps and catch up and the language around that that exists in the system um uh, but just because we as a governing board are prioritizing you know rebuilding the well-being of our of our school community, primarily our pupils, so they're in the best position to learn and give their best. Um, we're we're prioritising that, and we're not focusing on forcing them to catch up with some kind of notional academic, you know, destination, whatever that may be. Doesn't mean to say we're not, you know, we're not providing appropriate challenge, in, you know, it, at the right times, at, at the right moments. And it does kind of worry me a little bit sometimes when we. We separate, the, you know, it's almost like they're mutually, they're not mutually exclusive, or they never have been. And I think, you know, we, we don't, let's not, you know, pretend that COVID has, has, has changed everything. We're still the same value-driven leaders that we always were. And, and, and we, you know, we should still cling on to that. That's how I feel about it anyway. That's a really good point that governance has never been easy. In fact, it's, you know, it's one of the things we often say, isn't it? Actually, until you have governed yourself, you don't always realise just how much of a challenging occupation um, it is. And I absolutely understand what you're saying. It's really well-made point, Steve. But just before I we finish, I just wanted to throw in one one last challenge because I think it's worrying me as the person that is leading our greener governance campaign. So here are we 
at NGA, this term encouraging all um, governing boards to consider environmental sustainability and to develop, as the department is encouraging them to do, and we fully support a climate action plan. Now, um, going back to that really important point you just made about, about pupils' well-being, um, pupils, um, uh, listening to our pupils, we know that pupils care hugely about the climate um, catastrophe. And, you know, I argue that, you know, as adults, we need to um, take on that urgency that, that they are um, uh, rightly, absolutely rightly highlighting. But part of me thinks, no matter how passionate I am about this subject, a little bit of me is saying, Emma, is this the right time to be doing this? So I don't know, Sam, Emma, whether whether you have any any thoughts um, about that. Well, I think uh, I think Emma actually, um, again, basing this on recent experience on my own governing board this is something that is very much on the minds of our leaders now um because you know it's it's been everywhere you know covid isn't drowning it out um but actually it's really interesting when we did our annual governance survey last year obviously we had we had pupil well-being uh, at the top, but then the second, secondly, we had premises, which was slightly interesting one. Um, but actually, um, that's where we we'd started these conversations around sustainability and our 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 greener our green agenda as as a as a as a trust as as an organisation where I'm governing is well how you know we. This is kind of it's not it's not this forcing our hand as such, but we've we very much want wanting to be proactive on this from 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 the perspective of you know schools uh, and trusts you know have own uh, or or they control an, an enormous amount of space, an enormous amount of land, an enormous amount of buildings, and that there's a, there's there's such potential there, and I I I, I genuinely think that the 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 green greener governance or or just the, the green agenda more generally is is very much factoring into those conversations and as as a board when we're talking about um our strategic um priorities around premises uh, I, I think that's that's really um coming into it there and uh, you know we don't want to stop that we've just talking about from a premises perspective absolutely but it's 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 quite a good way i think of, of getting governors and trustees thinking about it as an issue you start you start at one place and then it, it does it feeds into to other areas of of, of governing life i would say that's from my perspective how about you emma it was it's that bit about isn't it the everything that we've been talking about in terms of the support and the kind of disruption that's happening that's almost part of the business of leading schools hopefully it impacts as little as possible as as leaders can make it impact on the actual classroom experience and the day-to-day experience of school that our children and young people are having so i think our leaders and our school staff and our governing boards are really committed to making the school experience right now 
um, as good as it ever was or even better in light of the current set of circumstances. And you're absolutely right, Emma, because this is something that's so close to the heart of children and young people and students across the, the globe and, and the country in particular. This is one of the really positive ways that children can carry on being engaged and feeling empowered to do something kind of within and beyond the classroom. And I suppose as boards, it's our job to seek the reassurance that that is what's happening. And, and you know, this is a really great topic, isn't it? just to keep on the agenda in terms of what's happening in the curriculum what's happening within the school what's happening you know like Sam said as well it kind of it's one of those whole school approach uh, situations isn't it where it has to kind of infiltrate every element right from the classroom back up to sort of the leadership and the buildings issues um, but actually boards are seeking that reassurance um, and this is one of those brilliant ways, you know, whether it's your pupil councils, whether it's through classwork, whether it's through um, extracurricular activities, it's a really good opportunity, actually, to make sure that children's experiences are as, you know, we talked about the new normal, but as normal as they possibly can be and, and to empower them to, to have that voice in their future. Well, thank you so much for those comments because I am actually um, uh, giving a webinar next week on our greener governance um, work and particularly looking at a sort of whole school trust approach of which premises um, is, is, is one, one element. So that's a, that's a relief. And then we are following later um, in uh, the end of January and beginning of February with four uh, leadership forum discussions on the topic. Um, <clears throat> they will be um, uh, segmented for our different audiences. As I hope our listeners know, we now run forums that are aimed at maintain schools, single academy trusts, MAT trustees, and then those governing at local level within academies so that when you come together, you are with peers who are operating um, at the same level uh, as, as yourselves. And at those forums, we'll have both the Department for Education um, talking a little bit about their draft strategy, listening to your responses, but also a couple of your peers who have already started um, on the business of looking at environmental sustainability. So please do join us um, at those if you are able and please do stay in contact um, this term because we absolutely want to hear how NGA can support you in doing the, as we were discussing, difficult job that um, governance is. So thank you for, for what you do for your pupils um, week in and week out.